Hey everyone, here is Dylan, David, and Sean take on fascism ready for our second episode. Today we will be discussing why would anyone become a fascist? So let's hear from our hosts. First, we're going to hear from one of our hosts on the very question, what is fascism? So let's hear it for Sean. Thank you, Dylan. In my my personal definition of what fascism is, is a modern phenomenon, aka a perversion of democracy and populism, basically a popular tyranny slash dictatorship. My very own definition of fascism, I had to actually use outside sources to get a better idea of what it is because what I've always thought of fascism was that it was basically just a dictatorship and nothing more than that. But as I searched for myself online, I found a couple of interesting sources on what it is. And here I have two of them listed. The first video that I watched was called Is Fascism Left or Right? But at the very end of the video, this guy named Dinesh D'Souza, he's a political commentator. He defined fascism as socialism under a national identity. Now, the second source that I read was uh, uh, another political commentator named Ben Shapiro. He defined it as more of a tactic than in political ideology, and he claims that's why it's so difficult to define, because it's more of a tactic rather than an ideology. Now, when I say national identity, what do I mean? I mean, it, national identity coincides with the definition of a nation state. Um, first of all, a state is a physical region defined by borders and, gov- and governed people. People can be ethnically diverse in a state. In a nation state, the people of a state take on a common identity. There's no diversity in a nation state. The people become branches of a tree, in essence. They share a common culture, social institutions, holidays, songs, etc. A nation state is not tangible. A state is a tangible place. You can visit places like New York or Vermont. You can't visit the idea of America. And in my opinion, fascism is sort of like a type of government with an authoritative views and an autocratic government, meaning a dictatorship. And a very crucial part of it is the view of nationalism and how it is so important and how fascists can put nation above individuals in their society. And now we get to the most crucial question. Why would anyone become a fascist? So in our opinion, it can be broken down into quite a few factors. Let's hear from Sean for the first factor. All right, so the first factor we as a group came up with was World War I, specifically talking about fascism in Germany and Italy after World War I. This can be broadened to just national trauma, but when you consider World War I and it leading to fascism, it makes a lot of sense in that context. There is a reason that fascism didn't exist at the time of World War I, 
and that is because Germany and Italy had not experienced national humiliation like that before. Additionally, many people who felt like they were too young to fight in the war felt that they missed out on an amazing opportunity. Let's hear from David for more. The 1934 memoir written by Hermann Feuerbach titled How I Became a National Socialist. It listed reasons he became fascist, uh, national socialism and fascism in Germany in the 1930s were basically the same thing. They didn't call themselves fascists, but national socialists. Uh, Reasons Hermann Feuerbach became fascist, as he cited, were that two of his brothers served in the war. One of them was killed. He had a strong sense of nationalism as a child, being too young to join the war effort. He helped soldiers carry their equipment and helped out in the effort in any way that he could. Germany was in poor economic condition after the war. Hermann joined the National Socialist Party to elect Hitler as Chancellor of Germany. His party gained momentum when millions of people returned to work. That's an excellent point. This leads us to our next item on the list of what would make anyone become a fascist, which is nationalism. Nationalism is the feeling that a person from the specific nation you're in, whether it be Germany or Italy, is somewhat better than someone who is not a part of that nation. So for example, fascists believe that if you were not part of that nation and you did not feel strongly involved in the nation, you do not deserve state benefits. Now we're going to hear from Sean for more about nationalism. In Yuval Noah Harari's TED Talk about fascism, he brought up uh, a point about how nationalism in many cases is actually good for a nation. He gave examples like Japan and the Nordic nations and how their economies are flourishing and the people have pride in their country. He pointed out that nationalism becomes a problem when people associate it with supremacy and superiority over other nations. So that can be an enticing thing for some people who want to believe that their nation is supreme and it gives them a sense of pride, which then that nationalism turns into fascism and uh, a general sense of racism and superiority. That leads us to our next reason why someone would want to become a fascist, which is the sense of belonging and the sense of community. When you join any type of group, even if it's a fascist group, you are sort of involved in a family with people who accept you for who you are. You are involved with people who have the same ideas as you, who support the same things you do, and it's kind of a liberating idea to be surrounded by a bunch of people who completely understand you, which is a definite pull and a reason someone would want to join a fascist group or become a fascist in general. For example, ex-neo-Nazi Christian Picciolini uh, stated that while he was a teenager, he had bad relations with his parents, barely any friends, and no relationships. 
That all turned around when a prominent neo-Nazi in his community gave him a small amount of attention, which instantly grabbed his attention and made him turn towards a life of uh, neo-Nazism. Later on in his life, though, he said that he began to question his lifestyle when he met his girlfriend and wife. I think another reason why someone would want to become a fascist is because of examples like Italy and Germany after the First World War. They were in a state of disrepair. Their economy was basically in the dumps. Um, where I'm going with this is you could see that the actual symbol of the fascist party itself, the fasci, the bundle, when everyone comes together, they're a lot stronger than being splintered like Germany's political parties after World War I. Instead of being in 40 different political parties, unite the country and they're a lot stronger if everyone's on the same page. Another example of a person being drawn to fascism is given to us in the novel Account Rendered, an autobiography by Melita Moshman. In the very first chapter, she discusses that when she was 15 years old, she was young, impressionable, and rebellious to her parents. She was born to conservative middle-class parents. Her housemaid, when she was young, wore a swastika lapel, and when they were alone, would sometimes groom her about the National Socialist movement going on in Germany at the time. Melita dreamed of living in a classless society, although she was middle class. During the time of Melita's teen years, Germany was splintered into 40 different political parties after World War I. She dreamed of a unified Germany. In chapter one, she explains her wanting the sense of belonging to the movement. An interesting point is that if you grow up in an environment where fascist activity is normal, such as Melita, as told by David when she said that her maid wore a swastika on her, then it is not that big of a stretch for someone to follow that and go with what they grew up with. Which leads us to one of our final points, rebellion. Now we are going to hear from one of our hosts, Sean, about the aspect of rebellion in people becoming fascists. In the context of rebellion, Hitler's rise and the rise of fascism in Germany was considered a revolution by the German people. On a national scale, it was seen as a rebellion against the ineffective and corruptible liberal government of the Weimar Republic. Opposition to communism also drove people to fascism as they saw it, saw it as a superior outcome than communism. On a personal level, people saw it as a form of expression and personal rebellion. For example, Melita Moshman, a Hitler youth leader, grew up in a conservative household that held strict rules for her. Like any teenager with strict parents, Melita sought to break away from their control. She found this rebellion in organizing with the fascist movement in Germany. It seems that rebellion is a common theme in life with even back then in the 1900s and now in 2019, people still are finding ways to rebel against their parents. 
Another item on our list is fear. Fear plays a pivotal role in the rise of fascism. Now we are going to hear from Sean. Fear can be broken down into two subcategories in the context of fascism. There's the fear of the other, aka the non-nation, and the fear of becoming the other. When I say fear of the other, I'm referencing the scapegoats that were used by fascists during World War II to fuel their power uh, during that time. So the most obvious example is Hitler blaming the Jews for all of Germany's problems leading up to World War II. Fear of becoming the other is uh, an obvious fear because if fascism is on the rise in a nation and you see these hostile actions being taken against people who are not considered part of that nation, you would not want that to happen to you and especially your family if that is possible. When people fear something, it makes them easier to manipulate or mobilize. Also, desperation. When a group of people are in a desperate state, they will take drastic measures to get out of that position, whether it's to respond with the fight or flight response or join a radical movement. It makes sense that people would do anything in their power to avoid becoming the other. It's been said that there is nothing more uniting than having a common enemy, which is something the fascists knew well. As we near the end of this podcast, I want to ask our host a very special question. In one word, why would anyone become a fascist? Fear. Desperation. And, in my opinion, belonging. And that is your host's reasons why someone would become a fascist. Unfortunately, we have reached the end of this podcast Our hosts, Dylan, David, and Sean, would like to thank you for listening to this very special podcast. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed and tune back next week for another episode.